1: Hello, apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is the weekly video games podcast where we give our impressions of the games that you can play today and react to the latest buzz from the video game world. We're here every Monday on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. This week I am joined by the two time Dimp Digital Gaming Quiz Champion. It's Pac-Man himself, it's Tom Adcock. How's it going?
0: Yeah, not bad, thanks. That's about all those cheating Russians as well. Couldn't so <laughs> really be in it, from what I understand. But yeah, good.
1: Still haven't got oh, your little... me. You haven't... Hey, where's my belt? Well, you haven't got a belt, it's a, it's a shield, and it's Hall's fault because he was the previous champion he's not handed it back in yet. Like, he's really dragging his heels over it. I don't know what he's playing at. Like he clearly doesn't want to let go of that, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't man enough to defend it. You lose it. When it stays on. Classic arcade rules. He, so. did, he wasn't even there, was he? No, exactly. Wouldn't even show up for the fight.
0: Binned it like a Riddick bow in the 90s boxing. <laughs> that's that's a frame of reference, isn't it? it Who remembers is. that?
1: There'll be a few, trust me. They'll they'll come out the woodwork, those little, the gold oh. oldies, But yeah, you're only one off Adkins' record of three, so... You know, you've beaten him a couple of times now. Surely a chance. Like he, should be stri- he
0: should be stripped of those, like Lance Armstrong. <laughs> See a picture of him with all his belts up in his room or his shields.
1: So with Armstrong, they stripped him, and then just there's been no winner for those years that he's won it, or do they, like, hand it down to the next cheat that was not caught? Cool? How do they...? a good question,
0: actually. I don't know. Oh. I just know they stripped him. He's not, as far as I know, not even allowed to compete in anything that's, like has a sanctioning body like yeah like you know like even a marathon like i think all his times in everything have been (laughs) stripped as far as i know
1: well we did there are sanctions coming to our kins. he already has a new intro which basically outs him as the cheating charlatan that he is every episode (laughs) but there may be further sanctions coming so it's, it's not over it's still being reviewed by the powers that be and we'll get to that when we need to Let's um let's crack on with a little bit of rumour and innuendo to kick things off. So this is a really quick one, and this is related to some fantasy gaming league as well. According to Bloomberg, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been reportedly delayed until 2023. So, haven't given it the full-blown delay news screech because it's not been confirmed, but... For those who have got that in teams or were looking forward to that, that might be coming for another year, which is mad considering it feels like Rockstar haven't rele- Rockstar, Rocksteady sorry, haven't released something in since 2015, I think. Arkham City. What are they doing? Yeah, that's
0: nuts. They must have had something that got scrapped or something,
1: surely. I can't believe it's taken that long. Yeah, you'd think something went wrong. Half, halfway through maybe and they went right. start that again i know covid hasn't helped but that's 2015 you've may have been working on that since come on
0: yeah get me uh what's the uh mess from the witcher team
1: oh cd project red yeah
0: yeah just get me one of them out
1: what's the game called cyberpunk
0: cyberpunk so i gave it to you i can't even remember what it's called no there's
1: that's rumors it. of that um that next gen patch dropping sometime in february which feels like the worst month of this year to release something like that unless they want it to go under the radar because it because it won't it won't fix everything will it there's just no way yeah but
0: oh yeah i don't know they can't watch that's such a big project they need to have they need to do something with it they need to fix it basically but yeah you're right why release it when we've had a dry run and now you've got the two biggest games (laughs) potentially of the year coming
1: up yeah almost like a week apart from each other um Back into the sort of the formal news, Rockstar announced that GTA 5 will be coming to PS5 and Xbox Series consoles March 15th. So that's not too far away. Um, I thought that might get delayed considering we hadn't heard anything for a little while. But that's that's coming in March, so I doubt that will get pushed back. Uh, you've got up to four K and up to sixty FPS. So there's going to be two graphic mode there, improved textures and draw distances, HDR, ray tracing options, faster loading, three D audio, and the PS5 will have dual sense support like haptic feedback. Perhaps more significantly, Rockstar tweeted out. On the Friday, many of you have been asking about the new entry into our Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project, our goal is always to significantly, significantly move beyond what we've previously delivered. We're pleased to confirm the active development for the next entry in the series underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we're ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you. So that's the first time they've kind of said we're actually working on something outside of GTA Online, pretty much, because the base game hasn't had much other than these, these kind of spruced up versions. Um, I don't want you to make of that, really. It's, it's all words at the end of the day. It's, it's stuff that we expected to happen. Are they lying about it just starting active development? Seems a bit late in the day to be saying. It didn't say that. just
0: started, did it? He said some. What did he say? Read it again. Well,
1: please to confirm that active development. I guess yeah, active development for the next entry of the series is underway. So it's not as bad w- as when we had Resident Evil Village and they said, "Oh, we'll do some DLC." Then, like three weeks <laughs> after it released, and that still hasn't surfaced anywhere yet. What are you guys doing?
0: It is exciting, though, isn't it? Like that significant improvement over their last entry, being Red Dead. Oh, mate, what? It's
1: gonna
0: be massive. What if it's?
1: But this is the thing that people have speculated on for years now. What if, because of the success of online, that GTA Six is intrinsically linked to an online service type platform? How would you feel about that?
0: gutted but i don't think <laughs> i don't think that'd be the case with it like you'd hope not, not. you I, would
1: really hope not but you no, know i mean they'll days. obviously
0: have a they'll have a massive focus on it again surely but hopefully it is a separate beast again and there's still that media story they got that is their part like their bread and but i know like it's not their bread and butter in terms of their money
1: no but i always hope that the money coming in for something like
0: what but- Uh, that is what people come to like we'll come for initially
1: Mm. my i always hope that uh, the money coming into things like gta online um means they can supplement and carry on like normal and do like the more single player stuff because they've got you know that self-sustain and earning a wedge more surely that can fund a new project for a single player venture
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah um Next bit of big news and it's it's more to do with this acquisition war that seems to have broken out. Sony has agreed to acquire Destiny Creator Bungie for 3.6 billion. Bungie will become an independent subsidiary and continue to release multi-platform games. So that's interesting. Um, as part of its February 2022 earnings report from Q1 2020, Q3, sorry, 2021, the company showed a slide, this is Sony, explained that the $3.6 billion, um is being put aside for the deal. Around $1.2 billion of this will be used to reward existing employees as long as they don't leave and meet other targets. So they're not paying the whole lot in one go. That's an absolute safeguard against them just going, right, thanks for the money and leaving, isn't it? Like, you've... Well, you're paying for the creatives there. You need them to stay on board and, and ride that ship. So that's interesting. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment boss Jim Ryan confirmed that PlayStation intends to make further acquisitions, saying, We should absolutely expect more. We are by no means done. with With PlayStation, we have a long way to go. They also revealed that they plan to ship 10 live service games by 2026 and that Bungie will be working on a major new IP. Um, Sony has previously stated a desire to develop more service-led experiences within its first-party roster, increasing the focus on mobile and PC releases. So there's a lot there. Obviously, it's another acquisition. This seems like this is not going to be going away. There's going to be a lot of this going on um, this year in, in particular. Um, what I'd like to speak to you about, because... I Look, you've lived through the bloody war of Sega and Nintendo. You know, you had skin in the game. You were going down to, I don't know, Keddies or whatever it was, fighting with people about Mode 4 or whatever it was. I can't remember the details, but you you lived through that experience of, you know, Sega and Nintendo going at it, and they actually were going at it. You know, adverts and prodding fun, all that good stuff. What I see, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but what I see from you now is that you're you're an avid gamer, but I don't think you're... T- overly plugged into like the, the metaverse of, of gaming in terms of like console wars and uh the latest trends and news. You're more just sort of turn up, play the games and then walk off and that's that's your part of it. Is that an accurate assumption to start with?
0: Yeah, that is exactly accurate. Yeah, I don't care what's best and what's not. I just I've you know lucky enough to have all the consoles, so well. <laughs> comes out and I want it I can pretty much get it right so yeah I don't need to like stand on my back my horse and fight every man to tell me I've got I've made the right choice it just doesn't matter does it really
1: no it it doesn't so what so putting that aside because that's what a lot of this the, the talk about this acquisition and, and the Activision one from a couple of weeks ago is it's all about all oh, Sony versus Microsoft but someone who's not really doesn't really care where he plays the games and what box it goes in what's your thoughts on this overall sort of consolidation consolidation sorry of big publishers and developers being snapped up by one of the big two at the moment do you foresee that ever having an impact on someone like yourself who's not interested in the war games but perhaps the output of the games coming out of the studios
0: no, not me, but it's potentially, or to be, I guess we're not going to know, or you might know more than me and can educate. Um, like, so far, I've heard with like Activision that, like, Call of Duty is still going to be, like, multi-platform. Like, I don't, I'm assuming getting a company that big, you're going to, they're going to make a new IP, but is that going to be multi-platform? Because it seems like these massive acquisitions that are, like, absolutely groundbreaking. And then mm. they're like, oh, you'll still be able to play your favourite games wherever you play them. So, yeah. It doesn't feel like the impact is particularly big now yet. But then I guess, I don't know, like a timed exclusive or a new IP from one of these studios on a console release could, you know, yes, it's potentially massive, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the big one with Activision was Call of Duty because that's like the big casual game, highest selling game most years. I think it was in the top two of Sony's bestsellers last year. So, you know, that's the, the, it obviously brings in a, a fair bit of cash for the uh, the PlayStation boys. And there is potential. Like it, Microsoft have worded it quite vaguely that they have a desire to keep it on PlayStation. Doesn't say yeah. they will. Whereas the, the communication coming out of Sony and Bungie was, no, we're keeping this stuff multi-platform. It's a very different... Set yeah. of wordings, but if like it's it's clear as day if you actually look at the wording. So it's it's strange in one way because Sony has never been this open. You know they've Final Fantasy they've locked that down as a third party, but they've just paid to keep it off of Xbox. Like they've been doing things like that. Even going back to Destiny, like years ago, they paid to have exclusive raids, uh, sorry, raid not raids, I think strikes and exotic weapons that Xbox couldn't have, and like kept extending the deal every year. Going, yeah, not having that. So they've been playing this exclusive game, much harder ball than what, what Xbox were. And then you see this this big acquisition go through and it's like, well, Bungie, they can they can do what they want. So I don't know if it's a <clears throat> a change in of the guard in that Jim Ryan's finally starting to get his philosophy out there, or just that Bungie themselves, who have now been they were owned by Microsoft once, they were they had a huge marketing and, and publishing deal of Activision for 10 years, which they bought themselves out of to go independent again. So they've clearly had issues with management and being told what to do. Maybe that was one of their terms, was that we ain't going to be told what to do, what to, where to do, or you're not buying us. And Sony thought, well, to be honest, if people are paying 60 quid a pop on the Xbox to play Bungie's next game, we're going to take 70% of that. So the bottom line's going to improve and we're not we're not interested in cutting off that that supply chain so it's all a bit strange really
0: yeah i mean obviously when there's money involved especially destiny's another like like the um, microtransaction deal and yeah, it's, it's, it's huge th- money in that mm. but halo i mean obviously is a massive franchise but yeah. it's like i don't know i did obviously i, don't, I haven't played the new one really apart from about an hour but it it's not what it was is it it's... no
1: no and part of that's because bungie don't make it anymore like 343 do It's like... Uh, right. So they
0: lost the... They actually handed it over? Microsoft
1: owned the IP and kept it. So when Bungie went independent, they was like, on your bike, we'll keep that. And then that's almost... You can draw a line of how when the the franchise took a nosedive, it was like once Bungie stopped dev in it, the Halo 4 was not good, Halo 5 was not good. Infinite better, back on the right track. So.
0: yeah I, I mean I guess maybe because Microsoft have been doing this now for a couple of years haven't they just scaling up yes yeah, like, hugely as well numbers yeah in numbers and in like the sort of yeah the, the the scale like just yeah in terms of the the quality of the acquisitions the the size of those acquisitions and maybe like PlayStation just had to make a statement I think it's yeah but then I don't know like if in a way, I'd rather them see these games locked down and really fuck people over and make people <laughs> have to like make a choice. Would be amazing, wouldn't it?
1: It would be brutal, but,
0: but I don't think it's going to go. It doesn't sound like it's going to go that way.
1: So, do you think long? Do you think long-term the walls might come down a little bit? That we might see more cross-platform stuff in terms of perhaps some Microsoft stuff or stuff that's owned by Microsoft, like going over to Sony and then obviously Bungie have already committed to doing stuff that's going to be multi-platform. Do we ever get to the utopia where one day perhaps you could just choose, you know, whatever box you want to play and you could play almost anything on it without, you know, the grip, without there being a wall or, or something like that?
0: I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, maybe, um, I mean, look, up until recently, I would have said that's madness because yeah. in my view, PlayStation, you know, you've got all the third-party stuff that you can play either, which is fine. Yeah. But then it was clear winner in the PS4 era that PlayStation had all the best IPs. So, mm. you know, unless you particularly like the Xbox Pad, I don't know why you would have gone that route. No. But now, obviously, with their acquisitions, all right, they're yet to bear fruit yet and to know how they're going to distribute them. But it's definitely a more even playing field, or will be going forward i guess
1: well one of them had to spend 70 billion almost to get the even playing it's mad isn't it but <laughs> that, that it took that <laughs> to get on the same level. The numbers are ludicrous i know absolutely and like
0: do you know like uh, you say you're paying for the talent essentially like yeah. those people do move on or whatever i'm sure there's some like watertight contracts but still you know you can't keep someone working somewhere forever if they don't want it
1: It's crazy. It's crazy, man. I never thought I bet you can't believe when you was playing that little Nintendo device back in like the eighties or nineties that someone would buy even one developer this is for like three billion dollars. That's just absurd.
0: Mate, it would have happened back then. They used to this is true story. They used to put fake names on the credits so like people couldn't poach their light workers.
1: Ah, yes, I've heard about this. Yeah.
0: So that's the way down. Try buying me. You don't even know who you got working for you. <laughs> that's,
1: that's funny. It's ridiculous. Nowadays, everyone wants their name in fucking gold star. It's like, come get me. Oh, give me a
0: Twitter account. Oh. Shut up. Get me on your
1: podcast oh. and I'll tell you what I did. Get off. Not using that platform for that sort of rubbish. Not allowed. Next. Well, look. I imagine there won't be an acquisition next week to talk about. (laughs) It's been like almost free on the bounce, but uh, who knows? It's obviously going to be a bit of a strange year and Microsoft scaling up for Game Pass. You know, they need that, as you've once described, that vomit of content just to keep crapping out whatever it is every month for people to find value in it. And maybe maybe Sony do that. The one thing that's just something to monitor, we've both made it clear that even on the GTA Online front, we're we're far more interested in what Rockstar are going to do from a single-player perspective. The quote around shipping like 10 live service games by 2026, I'm like, right. It, I don't want that to come at cost for yeah. other endeavours. So it's something just to monitor. I'm not saying everyone panic. but I'm also saying don't put your feet up and expect nothing to happen because something could change if they start hitting... Because we still want, you know, at least a couple of big Sony titles out every year, I think, that we can hang our hats on and play. But we'll see. Times are changing.
0: Crazy, man.
1: Unless you're Nintendo. Nintendo Switch is officially the best-selling Nintendo home console of all time. In the la- in its latest financial results published on Thursday, the company confirmed that the Switch had sold 103.54 million units as of December the 31st, 2021, up over 10 million since September, meaning the console had now eclipsed the Wii's 63.63. So this is it. This is the biggest-selling Nintendo console of all time. Now, it is a hybrid console, but... Nintendo have said specifically that this is classified as a home console that you can take on the go with you. So they're, I don't know if they're massaging the terminology to get that sort of like, oh, yeah, best-selling console ever. It's like, well, the 3DS is pissing on it. It's like, nah, it's not It's not a handheld. It's, it's clearly this home console that you can take on the go. That's a handheld, isn't it? No, it's not, is it? I was like, oh, come on. I mean that is ginormous numbers. Like the Wii, for all its faults, was huge. Like we had, I mean, Adkins always joke about how Nana's got on a Wii and playing like Wii sports and whatever. Everyone had one, but the Switch has come along, and I think we've all felt like it was a good idea at the time, and certainly enjoyed the early output for the Switch. But I don't know if I ever believed it would beat the Wii's numbers. No,
0: because. It's a, it's a great console. It's just a lack of content, really, again, unfortunately it lets it down, really. Um, but, yeah, you think that the Wii, exactly as you say, little nana down the road, you still see it collecting dust <laughs> under the thing now. It's probably got Wii Fit there as well, uses it once every six months. Like, it's madness, isn't it? Everyone bought that console and mm. no one bought any software, which seems to be, like, the way, or the vast yeah. majority of people. Just
1: played Wii Sports, that was bundled, and that was it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, and then upgraded to the fit thing, the, the balance board. Now that. that definitely yeah. got a purchase. Yeah. That was the absolute toot, and that was it. But <laughs> um, the switch, like similarly, like it's a good gimmick again. Like the the handheld and the docked, and you know, good advertisement around it, good marketing. Um, but obviously was more focused on games and like you know wasn't just a gimmick for a gimmick's sake. You know, mm. with the the motion controls that. You know, same seem really good at the time, but once you kind of got your hands on them, yeah, really ever live up to the the promises. Whereas the Switch does, doesn't it? You can, I mean, I play it predominantly in handheld. Mate. yeah, what are you doing? mate that
1: is it because it looks wasn't... so poor when you blow it up on the screen. Like, exactly, what, like
0: Metroid looked lovely on that screen, and when I blew it up. Onto the OLED, sixty-five inch. I was like,
1: "Fucking
0: hell!" Have
1: you considered getting the Switch OLED handheld? No. Hall, more. If more games on it,
0: yeah. Go on Hall's got it. Hall's
1: just got one today. Shameful. He barely plays yeah. games now, and he's he's investing in that. Yeah, but mate, he's got everything. That games room, it's true. Jesus. He's even got no, your. One, as we got- said, he's got your fucking trophy. So, yeah, <laughs> he's got everything. It seems, and stuff that he shouldn't have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say though, I will, I will,
1: say that OLED model won't save Pokemon Arceus either. Like that's doomed to look like shit no matter what you try and do with it. It's just yeah, so poor looking. But I won't, I won't dwell on that because we gave it a kicking last week for that. But I think that's great. I'm really not so. I am surprised because I always felt like the the Wii attracted an audience that doesn't play games typically. The Switch felt like a bit more of like, yeah, look, we sorry, we put all the Wii sports crap out. You know, you core gamers love Zelda. Here it is on release. Oh, look, here comes Mario Odyssey down the path. Okay, we're not going to do a Mario Kart because we're selling 50 million copies of the deluxe version. So you're stuck with that. But it felt like there was a bit more of a commitment there. And that, that was my first Nintendo console that I bought. And I was I was pleased for the first few years. But I felt like it slowed up for me personally a fair old bit in the, in the last few years. It's not really been firing on all cylinders
0: yeah well I remember speaking to you I, I f- remember speaking to you at the, at the the Wii sort of death null and like the sort of rumours around the Switch and I, I remember think, getting excited thinking right well they haven't got a f- handheld console yeah. anymore they're going to double down on like you know getting stuff out on this one system getting all the teams you know making games it feels really like the same sort of life cycle of games you know at the moment we've got like how's there not been a, a Mario Odyssey 2 like you yeah. know as in like galaxy 2 same engine just something zelda all right we know one's coming but still five years exactly they're making you wait for it and to be fair that was obviously a port from the wii u that was already well within you know you haven't actually had a switch dedicated about the wii u yeah that just got to totally have run under (laughs) the bus forgotten um you know, we've got a Metroid, but it's not Metroid Prime that we were promised, so...
1: No, you know, no, you're uh,
0: right. So, uh, it just doesn't feel like they're, they're making headways in that respect, but do they need to when, you know, you've probably got Mario Kart still selling God knows how many copies we, Zelda... Animal Crossing is still
1: absolutely ripping yeah. it up, this... Exactly. But I went round my. When I go around my brothers, like the niece and nephew, that's all they. Pl- they not all they play, but that's that's the that's the console they play. It's like they've got them a Switch yeah. and they they sit there and play that. And I know there's other households that have like Adkins. He's got one for himself, and now he's given his kid his his older one. So there's two in that household. It's clearly becoming one of those machines that people. and well, I don't know why, because they feel like fragile as fuck to me. But I wouldn't be, you know, they're not cheap really. But it feels like one of those consoles that people are happy to. Give out to the youngsters and have, like, a second one if you want to keep one for yourself.
0: Yeah, and nothing... It just seems like one of those, like, blessed generations for Nintendo because, like, the OLED wasn't what people... most people wanted or expected before no. 4K, but still hasn't done them any harm, it seems, then. Just nope. stick a Metroid game on, job done. Another 10 million units sold. Thank oh, you.
1: No. Yeah, madness. Their highest-selling piece of hardware is actually the Nintendo DS... Um, the OG one yeah hundred. or well, that family because they kind of I don't know how many re releases of that they did but yeah they've they, yeah. done 154 million so there's a long way to go for that Um, and then also the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy sitting on 118 million so handhelds mate they're the ones to get in they're, they're the high yeah. hitters however outside of Nintendo's own consoles so we're going back to like under the telly sort of stuff ps is still higher than it 116 million which is pretty good numbers that seems a bit mad in, in really but you know. and
0: also you i mean i don't know what they're going to do with the switch but that's catchable for them that's oh yeah. Crazy. So, are, yeah go on
1: what else what else is in there they're 100% catch that and then the only other thing above it is the ps2 which was the juggernaut at 155 mil so that's
0: that's a harder number to get depending peak, on what they do and
1: they had a massive advantage because that was like peak dvd like breakout era and it was that was yeah that was a dvd player for point. a lot of people it. yeah no nintendo so nintendo have even gone on the record and said we don't be playing this acquisition game either so they're literally printing money and not having to spend billions to get their first party lineup bolstered and we've, we've criticized their output and it, <laughs> it don't matter i'll
0: be fascinated know what they do next because they do well you know the, the wii to the wii u was a disaster but they yeah. kind of went with it they broke you know so Are we getting a Switch 2? And then I feel like some of the games now, like, how do you beat Mario Kart? Like, Mm. Smash seems like the perfect Smash. Yeah. You've got so many characters. All those DLC ones were getting loads of buzz every time.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I know you can just do it all again, but I don't know. It's just... Not as easy, is it? it?
1: They've peaked with a lot of these games.
0: It seemingly, feel like a swan song, really, for a lot of them. Just and even Zelda, you know, like, oh, here we are, finally, you wanted like open world Zelda, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's
1: also a masterpiece, like, well, everyone happy. Let's not get silly because okay. not everyone agrees. Mate, the
0: physics go back now, fly in the air. Tell Amazing. you what, it,
1: it looks better than Pokemon and it, and it feels better than Pokemon, so that's that's all I can say on it.
0: I mean, that is shocking, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's good though, like, it's good, it's good fun to play, but looks like absolute garbage. They had they also said that um they reckon they're about halfway through the switch's life cycle and I'm like you can't. I can't I can't do another 5 years of this system struggling. Either refresh it in a year or so or fucking rip it up and start again do the switch 2. Backwards make sure whatever you do is backwards compatible. That has to be now, doesn't it? With the they've got the e shop up hey, and running. Mate. They can't. They can't.
0: Hey, they have been that e shop off every year and just give you a new one and no. go right, buy Zelda
1: again. I'd actually be really annoyed if they did that, to be quite honest.
0: They do, mate. They're a fucking nightmare. They don't listen to anyone. They don't care. They do whatever they want. Mm. But I guess, I mean, the, the, here's the thing. Actually, they could. They have done crafty things in the past where, like, they when, I when Switch was released, they said, oh, we're not, we're not cancelling the Wii U. we got yeah. both of them. Never made a game again, obviously. Well, <laughs> Zelda come out, ported <laughs> over, job done. But, like, you know, they can say it and they can twist it, but halfway seems ludicrous. How many years is it? Five,
1: did you say? I mean, it's, it's 2017 it came out, so... It can't go
0: another five, surely. No,
1: a couple more... But okay, the, the, the sales don't lie, do they?
0: So, no, I guess that install base is massive and then most people are probably getting the first-party stuff, especially like a... That's, I mean, I don't have Pokemons.
1: That's why way you don't want to leave them behind, party. though, do you? You want to make sure they've got their old stuff to play on. So it's will like, oh, buy the new one. You can still play, you know, yeah. your old games. I, don't know. I think I mean,
0: Mate, I, I would say it's madness not to do that, but yeah. also it's them, so <laughs>
1: yeah, we don't. It doesn't
0: know. really. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Does it? they will do what they want to do.
1: No. Well, it, personally, like, what is there anything you're looking forward to that's coming? Like, you think that's going to come out this year? I mean, Breath of the Wild two seems to be tabled for this year, but outside of that, I mean, what's in the what's in the oven that you you think might be of interest? Apart
0: from um, Splatoon. Um, Oh, so I've never played one, and I I would be just you know why not? I I hear good things. I'd give it a go. Not really. I don't really know what else is rumored to come. I mean,
1: Metroid Four. Bayonetta Three, maybe
0: Bayonetta. Yeah, I'd play Bayonetta as well. I enjoyed two, but I mean, I'm not buzzing for it. It's not like you know an Elden Ring. It's not on pre-order or anything. You know, if the reviews are good, I'll give it a go, but. If not. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like I what was the last game I played on it? Oh Metroid, I guess. Um Dread. And that, that was p- decent. I enjoyed that. But
1: Yeah. That's the last one I played before Pokemon. And but I hadn't picked it, it up all year for anything modern. I'd played Super Mario World and that was it. So I, I couldn't I couldn't think of the last game I'd played before um Metroid. I still Yeah, play. I think
0: I played I played Hades at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Then Mario Maker, I had that from ages ago and just played that for a while, like throughout, like still early in the year. Then she put it down and picked up Metroid in what November, December time? No, maybe October. Yeah, I think it was. I October forget. Time. But um, yeah, that's. And to, look, it doesn't bother me personally. Like, yeah, it can collect dust for a while and then I'll play it. But that's it yeah, is a bit, it's it's difficult
1: because uh, I'm I'm I have to go into that mindset as well because. You know, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Like, it's overkill, and you can't sit there and go, why is there not games popping out of its arse for each of them? One, I want me to play them all, so I'm thankful yeah. it doesn't. And two, that's the name of the game. Like, stuff is going to collect us, As long as the. Uh, when we do get a good game, it's it's up to scratch. I'm happy. There's plenty to play. That's it. There is plenty to play. Animal Crossing was the last thing I'd played. That's 2020. I, mean,
0: that's, <laughs> I was going to say that's early 2020. No, it was.
1: No, yeah, I didn't play um, 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Um, so yeah, well, it was Animal Crossing. Wow. What the, Bowser's Fury? Was that DLC or is it a separate? Is it, it, so it's hmm, it's it's. You can't get it separately, you can only get it by getting Super Mario 3D World, but it's a separate yeah. item in the game, so it's like a separate menu, you go into it and it fires up a whole new right. type of game. It's meant to be pretty good. A lot of people pointing towards that, saying that's a bit of a, if you're looking at an Odyssey successor or the next 3D Mario game, they do some interesting things in Bowser's Fury that they might have been experimenting with on a smaller scale. Yeah. So, I will get round to that one day, I absolutely will, but... I mean,
0: yeah, I would. The thing is, just annoying because that sort of thing. If I could pick it up for twenty quid, I'll probably would. But I guarantee I can't pick it up for twenty quid. Fifty nine ninety nine, please.
1: Forty nine ninety nine on the store. There you go. Yeah. Twenty pound discount off of Jim and Sony, so bargain. Some are saying. Bloody thing. Yeah. Anyway, that'll do for the news. Let's talk about one video game at least. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I can't say when this game was revealed and then when this game was re-shown again that I had any inclination that I'd actually be playing it. But I got around to playing it and went through it. You also took the plunge, I think mainly on Rumble's recommendation. He, I don't know how he powered it out in four days or whatever it was, but he sort of steamrolled through it and lent it to you. We've both played Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Back here to report on it. Um, let's start with let's start with Guardians of the Galaxy itself as a property because I think that need me set the scene there because <clears throat> chances are if you hate the Guardians of the Galaxy you're not going to be interested in playing a Guardians of the Galaxy game. From my perspective, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's probably my favourite like MCU type series that's going on. I've not watched anything since Endgame, but when Guardians Three comes around, I will watch that. And what say you? are guardians one of your favorites or not overly interested in them
0: so i don't know when it was released guardians maybe what 2011 12 i don't know i don't know when it was anyway pointless me saying that but i love i didn't know anything about it got roped into watching it and i was blown away yeah Uh, so i would definitely say yes it is one of my favorite marvel franchises but i'm not a big marvel guy i've i've not seen the whole roster of films even i've seen most of the main ones a lot of the early ones and then i kind of just fatigued out and i'm not got nothing against it they're just not really my bag i didn't particularly like the second movie in the guardians franchise either. that's a big mate kurt russell blowing it like love him what's he doing there um yeah i don't know just it felt more of the same but just not as good uh maybe because i watched it on tv rather than the cinema it lost a bit of its.
1: don't try and peddle this cinema to on my podcast you know what i feel about these cinema trips they're not worth it so don't try and Mate. trojan orsha way into my audience's mind by saying oh, i might have been because i didn't watch it down the cinema i'm not having that cinema.
0: but <laughs> yes i i do like guardians but i mean that's it i know i don't know the comics i don't know the anything else pre the mcu no. As I say, love the first film. i only seen it once, although it's a lie. I've seen it twice now. I revisited it mm. halfway through the game because I was like, right, let's remind me. <laughs> you know, wasn't you because know, I, I didn't really remember it. And I was quite actually enjoyed a lot of the characters in the game who I just thought were added in for the game are actually there in the film.
1: Yeah, they've taken a lot of cues from the film. I've never read many comics in my life, or but certainly not the Guardians comics. And apparently they're not it's not really like the film they're they're not as um bantery and it's funny it's a little bit of a different approach and like james gunn just sort of did this and now that's like the de facto the guardians you you couldn't make a game and have them not mimic the you know the film characters in some way it kind of has to have that style and you know one of the big points is you've got to have that soundtrack like it's almost a, a complete given now but that's
0: quite interesting then, cause I didn't know that. And then I could be game... talking
1: bollocks, so any comic book nerds want to correct me, do. But for the sake of this conversation, we're going to take it as fact.
0: Right, let's go with the fact then. But yeah, because they've obviously based the character models. I'm assuming that's on the comics. That's certainly not the films.
1: Well, probably Chris Pratt wanted not say, no, look, I'm Mario now. I can't be seen in these games. Don't be using my likeness. And then Batista was like, "Don't use mine." I was like, "Well, you look like a blue, muscly man. Like, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to use some inspiration from that." But yeah, they, they, yeah. I think they, I think they try and separate themselves. But it's clearly an influence for the for the film style.
0: Well, that's it. When you said they're not as bantery in the comics, then I was like, "Well, well they definitely are in the game." Oh so have yeah. taking that, yeah, like wholesale from the films.
1: Yeah, um, but you couldn't not do that, could you? Because people are expecting them to be. Not the same characters, but have that vibe of the films now. Yeah, I,
0: I mean, it's, I, have you spoke about this before the game?
1: No, it it's the first dream?
0: time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because, I mean, my I would have assumed before playing it that you'd get to play as all the Guardians, which yeah. that's the first thing that threw me, the fact that you pretty much, you, well, you do, you play as Peter Quill the whole way through. Yep. And then you can kind of... You have like a, a character wheel, I guess, where you can then, when you're in battle or when there's a puzzle element, you can select one of the Guardians yeah. and they'll kind of just do their thing. But it's pretty basic, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's... Because um, as Peter, you're like a... a more of a ranged shooting type character, aren't you? Because you've got those uh, mm-hmm. those energy guns and they, they've got like high output rate. And yeah, you don't directly control any of the other Guardians. You simply command them to do... Their abilities, which you can unlock during the game and upgrade. So, I think you get like four for each of them in the end. I can't remember exactly how many you'd end up with, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a complete hands. It's very much, even going narratively wise, it's very much a Peter Quill story, and the Guardians are sort of, you know, the, the setting for it. It's, it's clear that that's the direction. Although they do, and we'll go deeper into the narrative. Won't, won't spoil too much for you guys, but they do um, a good job of fleshing out each of the gardens and giving them sort of their own moments of in the story as well. I think that's definitely one of the strengths of it. Just, um, go,
0: I, on. go on. No, I was just gonna say, I think the story is the strongest point of yeah. the game. Really. I feel like I really enjoyed it. And I feel like, like no wonder rumble did power through it. Cause I feel like if you are a proper Marvel fan or a Guardians fan, Oh, he's massive. Yeah. yeah he loves it all. That's that It gets the rumble bump, everything. That's why I got sold on this. Uh, but, no, it's, it's, as a Guardians fan, it's just another good Guardian story. I can't see how you can't... Like, I really enjoyed it, especially as it got going. I thought it was a bit slow to begin with. Yeah. And then once the story sort of kicked in proper, and I was like, okay, right, here's the here's the bad guy, right, here's what's going on. Yeah. Then uh, I, was, I was into it. I was liking it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Though, it's, it's really, really well written. Voice acting's top notch. Um, this is almost like a the way I've described it is it's like a it's like a telltale game on steroids or a mass effect sort of light it's sort of in between those two because you have a lot of dialogue choices that you can make as Peter Quill <clears throat> a lot of choices you can make as well and having done some research sort of post-game there is some you know narrative changes that happen from those um from some of the decisions that you make or, or, or choose not to make so that's interesting. Um, but overall, I think the the character work they've done here is really strong. Like I was really, I didn't really realise.
0: I didn't realise there's narrative changes. I did read. I thought it was more like uh, how you go, like either you know, a, a level might be stealth or a battle, depending on a choice you've made before, or somebody may or may not assist you later on. Hmm. Depending, I didn't realise it actually would change. The narrative as I So you always came.
1: Let me reword that. So the narrative will be what it's going to be mostly, wow. but there are different ways to get there and oh, other yeah. little bits that will happen that wouldn't happen. So I'm not. It's not like a, <clears throat> I don't know, like a Skyrim game where you, where you where you choose a faction and then, or actually Fallout Four is the best option. You choose a faction basically to to side with, and that has an ending of its own. Whereas if you chose the other faction, the world would have changed. It's not that level, but. What or I guess what I'm trying to convey is that it's not it doesn't feel hollow like it feels like what you're saying yeah. what you're doing has some sort of meaning to it even if you know you, you can't absolutely rip up the script and go completely off piece but you're working within a framework of a universe I suppose they've got to have some restrictions there for people
0: um, well, I feel again that's like where the story's strong because I feel like mm. the decisions you make are kind of fun you know like yeah. There's one where you have to get, put a character like basically get him um sell him basically. <laughs> and I feel like all the all the chat around that, it's really good. So like yeah, it did make me actually so you know, sometimes now I can be so like overstoried, to go, come just get me through this. This is not Scorsese, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. But I was into this, like that's the thing, but not being a massive fan of this like franchise as such, like Marvel, not Guardians, I thought I wouldn't give a shit, but mm. I was surprised with how much I enjoyed the characters, the story, and the choices I got to make along the way—it was good.
1: Yeah, I think that's c- good to mention. There is a lot of narrative elements and slower moments in this, which I enjoy. Like, I always enjoy those—not always, but mostly enjoy those moments in games if they're done well, and they are done well here. But I know there's people out there that prefer sort of more action-based games. And the action is there, but it's not the the overwhelming priority. There's a, a clear balance between them wanting you to build relationships with the characters or getting to getting to know the characters um and also piling you in with with different action pieces and whatnot. So that's just a flag for people that are going in looking for an all out action game. You're kind of not I mean they don't really exist nowadays anyway. There's always even with like Devil May Cry they try and stuff a story down your neck and people are like, oh, wow, it's all garbage. So they don't really exist. But this one definitely makes a a point to say, look, we're going to slow you down this section. You'll be walking around, you can't run, and you're going to hear what the characters have got to say. Um, So that's something to flag. But those sort of things always fall directly into my wheelhouse, so I enjoy them. Had you ever played Shadow of the Tomb Raider or any of the Deus Ex games from Mankind Divided Onwards?
0: So no to mankind and whatnot. There's Shadow it. of the Tomb Raider, where does that fall in the... That's the
1: third one of the trilogy. And no, I've played the first two. It's interesting because they were... And they've done Thief as well, but I don't think too many people played that. And they've done Human Revolution, which was Deus Ex as well. But that's the, um, the developers' past games, um, Eidos Montreal. So I actually didn't like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> I thought it was the worst of the three. So when I found that they were doing this, I was like, hmm... What they're doing, but I did enjoy Deus Ex when they were doing those, and the story elements for those and different, like little branching stories and bits was the strongest part of that as well. So I can clearly see a bit of a a, a crossover there. Um, with this, what do you think of the because this this one game? I don't think you take too much notice of this, but it's it bothers me now. The presentation and performance, because there's a couple of different modes. You may not have even switched between them, but there's like a 60 FPS mode and then a 30 FPS mode. And then they also have released a 30 FPS ray tracing mode. And this is the one of the very few times that I have put on a 60 FPS mode and then not really been satisfied with the image quality. Like it was it was it weren't Pokemon, let's be honest. This just make sure people are getting their getting the right end of the sticky. It was nowhere near as bad as that. But I was distracted by it. So I kept going back between 30 and 60, 30 and 60. And then I thought, oh, I was too slow now. I've got used to the, the quick. And in the end, I settled on 30 FPS. Like, And that's that's the first time it's happened this this generation. I've always gone for the higher frame rate. because I think it delivers a better gameplay experience. I'm assuming you just left it on the 30 FPS mode. Or did you piss around and experiment and then find your jam somewhere?
0: I, ironically, because you always tell me off and (laughs) other people do, I actually put this one in performance in the end. Mm. I did switch between them for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I I played it on my smaller telly, so it wasn't as glaringly obvious, to be honest. But I didn't, so I didn't have those same concerns. I did have, like, some performance issues, like, actually, like, hard crashes. I think I remember telling you, like, the game didn't even load after my first run and sort of uh, You hadn't installed it
1: properly, mate. That's what I got told. uh,
0: (laughs) I didn't, but how am I getting that wrong? Like, what's that? Um, and yeah, for the for the first while, it was a real, it just wouldn't like boot up. It was bizarre. Um,
1: you had to uninstall it like just... two or three times, didn't you? I can't yeah. remember the exact...
0: And then I had two like hard crashes. Mm. Um, I lost a little bit of progress on one. It, Got to save, it, mate. It, it gave me, it was a bit choppy. And I know, I think I told you this before, where... I mean, maybe it's just me getting old, but I, like some of the puzzles to begin with, I was just like, I struggled, but not because I didn't know what to do. It, it was like, I didn't know what, how the game wanted me to do what, it just yeah. wasn't working, right? Like it was a bit bit rough around the edges, if you know what I mean. I was like, yeah. like and sort of the, the combat is a bit like that as well. Like a couple of times I'd be sort of skating around as Peter, I'd go off the edge and I'd be like, right, right, how's that happened? <laughs>
1: Like but you wouldn't... Spatial aware... The good thing about that is that you wouldn't die in checkpoint. It just, it quickly like flashed you yeah. back in, didn't it? it? With like a little bit of health back gone. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that exactly. first happened, yeah. I fell off. I was like, fucking hell. And then it doesn't yeah. actually kill you. And I was like, okay, why do it? But I suppose they want that that level of like, oh, you can fall off this, but it doesn't really matter. You're not going to die.
0: I, I can't say I really enjoyed... I'm sort of getting off a bit off piece here, but like I didn't really enjoy right. the puzzle elements as such. Mate. Not really. because I just found like you basically circled around your people so you've got the person who had to do the job and it just that's just, you know you might get to like a panel where someone needs to i mean it very quickly becomes apparent who does what so yeah this was very early on to be fair but then after a while like sometimes getting Groot to like grow a bridge just become a bit tedious i'm like just and to be honest they do fix it in the last couple of missions he starts just doing all the stuff yeah without you asking that i was like right if that had kicked in about five missions ago yeah. I would have been like, brilliant. Just as I've got bored, now they're just doing it all themselves. Cause they're, you know, they're chatting and you're like, I don't want to get Gamora to <clears> chop <throat> down this to buy ice. I don't want to yeah. get Drax to pick up a fucking Boulder. engine and <laughs> put it Yeah, pointless. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, I, I felt although I didn't have your same concerns with the frame rate and performance as such, I did have like concerns about it didn't just seem it didn't seem quite AAA. I thought it looked I thought it was a pretty looking but game. See, fair. It looks
1: great. It looks great. Yeah. But I was definitely. I even had a note wrote down here. It says scruffy, and like yeah. meaning like it is scruffy around the edges. I didn't have, hmm, I didn't have any hard crashes, but I definitely had some weird stuff happen in the game. Not loads, like a couple of times, but you yeah. could tell there's a few elements that that were um, that was coming away at the seams a little bit. And that, and that is this is you know we played this sort of post a few patches so at launch i saw there's a lot more people complaining about certain performance or um presentation issues and we've had a bit more of a, a lighter run there so it's still wearing yeah. its head now and again so it's not a um not flawless in that capacity at all that's definitely something to keep an eye on but i think it, it, was, it was overall pretty nice looking game once i'd figured out in my head what i wanted and uh yeah unfortunately as i went for how was the 60 fps experience then because i've I've told you off several times for just leaving it on like like the the resolution mode and obviously you said you'd flashed about a couple of times did it just feel better obviously it should do because it's running double. yeah frame it right? was just
0: that bit. because i feel like the action can get quite hectic you know yeah. obviously you're, you're skirting around trying to evasive as you say peter's like a range like fighter so really you i would try and stay on the outskirts of things And then just you've got like environmental objects that you can kind of get your guardians to interact with Mm. as like a freebie because then when you get them to do their like power, that's them kind of out for a little bit. So you can have like, yeah, Drax like wipe someone out or Glamora jump down. Um, What's his name? Um, Rocket. Little fox fucker. Rocket, yeah. It'll blow everyone up and that. But yeah, once you use them, you have to kind of let them recharge. So it's kind of just like, like juggling balls basically you know Mm -hmm. like waiting for the big bastards to come in use the powers regroup um and so yeah the performance mode i felt like it was like like i said i did jump back and forth at first but a lot of the first levels were quite slow yeah um so it was when you first got into a bit of a a, a fuffle with a lot of things on screen at once that's when i just settled on the performance mode and yeah i was yeah pretty happy with it to be honest yeah um yeah yeah I guess when we mentioned the, um, so yeah, basically you get, you get, obviously you get the wheel with your, uh, guardians on to, to use their powers or to interact environmentally. Also, I didn't really know what triggered it, but during those bigger fights, you will get like, um, like you can do a team huddle, can't you? Yes, and, um,
1: yes, yes, yes. That's
0: it's like another one of those decisions. Cause like basically your guardians will sort of complain or tell you how the fights go going and then you basically choose one of two options. Yeah. Both that are kind of a bit vague, like they're the same thing. It's such a weird thing to put in. It's bizarre. Like one would buff all your guardians, including you, and you get it wrong, and it just gives you a
1: yeah. And at at a minimum, it revives everyone if they're down. Like it. it, Right. I don't understand. Like understand that mechanic in that you build up momentum or power or energy or whatever you want to call it so you're doing well you hit enough enemies you're not taking damage and then you hit something can it buffs your team i I completely think that's a good idea but the way it's implemented in guardians is you hit it and it pauses the action all the guardians run in and then they start saying they start commenting on the battle and little words like a cock said pop up at the behind them and you have to choose like one of two options to kind of give them a motivational speech is the why they kind of frame it and then that decides whether everyone gets buffed if you get it correct or only you or, or whatever and it's just a really odd thing like, i don't understand the need for that like it's completely well, i know it's a video game but it's just not happening what, what what are they what is it just why can't i just hit the button and it just goes and fires out that'd just be much easier yeah,
0: because that and that's then what's like kicks in like the sort of the music, contemporary, like pop music that, kicks and in. And I then. didn't figure
1: that out until about halfway through because I was like, I'm one of those <laughs> people. It's like always got to save it in case I hit this hard end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to save it, got to save it. And then I hit it, and I was like, Hang on, it's playing all the cool music. So yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That huddle is a bit of a strange implementation of a of a of a boost or a buff.
0: It's bizarre. But I learned that as well. I didn't, I only like retro actively reading about it. Like the songs are different. Like there's various songs that were kicking in every battle. Yeah. So like, you know, you might be fighting robots to like wake me up before you go, go one round. If you were to die and redo it or another playthrough, it could be something completely different, which I thought was Mm. pretty good.
1: Yeah. Just touch on the soundtrack. I think they've done a really good job with picking some great songs. I mean, you may, you mainly hear them in the ship. Like it's, that's the main yeah. time you hear when you're sort of wandering around the ship. But there's a couple of cutscenes where they play the contemporary stuff, the good stuff. But I think they yeah. picked a really good set of um, set of music that fits well with the whole movie time or not time, but that that vibe. That's yeah, def- absolutely. That's definitely a, a plus there. I wanted to touch on the sort of downtime that you get between each mission because you kind of go out, you do. There's a lot of character work when you go out. You do a mission. You sometimes pick up items. That you can take back to your ship, that then trigger a uh, a dialogue conversation with one of your team members and your crewmates, and they often give you a bit more of a backstory on them. Um, but even if you miss the the collectible, you can wander around the ship before going to the next mission. Did you spend the time each time to like chat with everyone and have, have a see of what they were saying or, or listen to what they're they're bantering about? It, it felt I love just doing things like that. It's it's completely Mass Effect. That's a huge part of Mass Effect is you go back after every mission and chat to your crewmates and build relationships in in that sort of moment. But what did you make of that?
0: Yeah, I did. I, and I wouldn't normally. No. Normally I get overwhelmed in these games. That's what it is. I feel like I've you know got other things to do in my life and whatever. And I just I think I just mainline it. Yeah. Whereas this, because there's only like four other characters. It felt nice and contained. It was a you know simple story to follow. So yeah, I, abs- I I always was checking in and actually caring about what I said to people and trying to keep people on side or manage their like little disputes between them and yeah. sort of taking it semi seriously. So yeah, I did do a lot of that. Actually, it's decent.
1: Yeah, I think this definitely, like you said, I can understand why people wouldn't want to do it in like a Mass Effect game because it's so big anyway. But this is a yeah. This gives you a taste of that because it's a bit more streamlined, so it feels like you've got the time to you know really spend of them and there's even like a, a part when you go to nowhere like that that famous planet from from the films and um there's like a part in that where you can just wander around and have a, have a look around this and then the city you know, I actually spent looked through most of the stuff had a little gamble on a machine and that sort of plays into one of the ongoing narrative pieces in that you've got a fine to pay so you don't want to be flushing all your money away if you want to pay that fine so it's all it was all little interesting bits and pieces like like that, that I that I certainly enjoyed. Um on wrapping up then, sort of finalising thoughts for Guidance of the Galaxy. Anything you that was burning that you haven't mentioned, either good or bad?
0: Um not really. So I think story was a strong point. Voice acting was absolutely on point as well. Drax, especially, I thought was really good. He actually made me laugh a few times. He's that uh, dry sense, well, not sense of humour, (laughs) just fucking directness. He's he's funny. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, Yeah, like, action's simple. It's, you know, like, fairly basic gunplay. Like, it's fun. Can't really not enjoy it, but it's not anything too strenuous.
1: Um,
0: uh, And definitely, I'd say, what lets it down is is that roughness around the edges, as mm. I think we both pointed out, for different things, which I think both are quite valid, which do knock it down a bit. Like I just didn't, like, yeah, just just roughness. I, I can't say I love the gunplay, and I can't say I love the puzzles, mm. but I didn't hate them, and I thought the story just elevated it yeah hugely for me. So I did end up really enjoying it, and. It might have taken me a couple of weeks to be. I basically would just do a mission a night. Anytime yeah. I had some free time, that's how I played it. And I really enjoyed playing it like that.
1: Yeah. No, I did the same. I didn't power through it. Um, I was playing like two, because I quite admitted the chapters. Like each chapter was about yeah. at least an hour, sometimes yeah. close to two. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely a good way of playing it. The only other sort of small niggle that annoyed me was... I don't know if you spent much time scanning objects because using Peter Quill's like um uh-huh. I sound like Drax calling Peter Quill all the time using Quill's um, visor you can scan yeah. objects and it's helpful for puzzle solving because it will kind of tell you that it's something breakable and you'll be like oh okay I can maybe get Drax to throw something at that and it, but it's also about lore. you can like scan different objects and it'll give you a little input or, or different creatures even um, but that I found really fiddly. Like, I would try and scan, I'd, I'd be aiming on something, it wouldn't bring up the the, the input to scan it, and I'd have to like, move it slightly to the left, and then it would come up, and I'm like, ah, why is it not just picking this up automatically? Yeah, but,
0: there's a lot of, I don't know if you got, this is probably me, but it's the first time you get a gun upgrade, there's like a cutscene, you're like, a couple of your guardians are in trouble, Yeah, and you've got to basically move the thumb, like your the two <laughs> sticks, like, I basically, for honestly, for fifth, and this actually really annoyed me because it kept checkpointing. I kept dying getting it wrong. And then you have to watch the whole cutscene again. It was fucking doing my head in. Basically, I, maybe I don't play enough games anymore, but basically there was the two guardians left and right of me. I thought I did, two guns got an upgrade, so I was like, I've got to shoot them free. Hmm. So I was moving my guns left and right to get them, and it just was not working. And I have to admit, I ended up having to YouTube it because it was just driving me (laughs) mad watching this cutscene over and over. And all you had to do was move them forward into the centre point and done it. yeah. And it uses that over and over again then, like it happened over and over. I was just like, I mean, maybe that is me, but I was like, the two people left and right, I've got two guns, I need to shoot them free, why am I putting the things together? I was like, this is just mad, but... That's funny. I think maybe that was me because I actually is... thought of you as doing it, thinking there's no way anyone else can do this. I was like, why am I stuck
1: on this? That reminds me of when we played Resident Evil Six together, and there's a there's a part in that, I think it's like towards the back end. I was already getting like pissy with with Resident <laughs> Evil Six because it was driving at the wall, and I was playing with you, which doesn't always help. And there's a part where we had to climb up some ladders, and you had to <laughs> I, I, climbed, <laughs> I think you had to like hold the R2, then yeah, the left yeah, two. It was yeah. like a climbing motion, and I mm. could not. For the life of me, get the timing down, the figuring it out. And I was going, the game's broken. It's a, it's a bug. Blah, <laughs> going absolutely berserk. And I think I yeah. YouTube'd it. I think I actually youtube that. And I was like, right, well, what are they doing? It's like you have to hold it and don't let go until the other one's secured on. And I was like, oh, for God's sake! Yeah. You could have absolutely helped me out there, but just was like, no, nah, just, just keep doing what you're doing. It must be the game. <laughs> User error at the end of it. Yeah, you no, I I really enjoyed the game. I, th- I thought it was great. There's there's a there's a level of attention to, to detail, not on the graphical side or performance side, which is a bit rough, but just some of the nice little things they do. Like I mentioned, like you bring back like an item and you can chat with them, and it, it gives you another bit of backstory. The, the writing is superb, character work is superb, um, actions decent enough, and um, you, you'll grow pretty powerful during hours. it So won't be it won't be taxing on you, but overall. Uh, this is one of the games that really like i had no interest in playing i thought it was going to be terrible before it came out and i'm happy to report how, how wrong those assumptions were like this has definitely benefited from a low expectation don't don't get me wrong but i feel like it's earned that as well off its own back because there's no in a normal world there shouldn't be any good there should be a walking train wreck especially after we've had one Square Enix published Marvel game is in the Avengers being so poor it's like fuck me they're going to ship out another ship absolute shitter but no this is what Avengers could have been perhaps one day and uh, Eidos have, have shown up Crystal Dynamics and so on it's how you work on the Marvel property so it was good really enjoyed it and if you've, if you've like me, wrote it off. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when you get around to playing it, for sure. Final scores and gradings. What's your... What are you thinking? Obviously, they have got the 10-point scale here, 0. 0.5 to modify it. What are you thinking? It's definitely... I might
0: go 7.5. Adcock, 7.5. Feels a,
1: right. Taking a shit on it. Some people are saying,
0: "Oh no, that's good in my head that's that's decent score seven point five, yeah,
1: I'm going to go for eight. I was actually toying with an eight point five, but yeah, it was a bit scruffy like it was it was a little bit i I really did enjoy it um it was it was great to work through, and uh comes recommended if you're into narrative based games." If you're in there for the pure action and you don't like narrative, then I, I find a hard time saying you'll enjoy this because it's, cause it does get in the way of the action. It's clearly designed in that way to tell a story. So that's the platform you're working off. So I would have a hard time recommending yeah. it to people like that. But that falls right into my particular bag, as you would say. That's absolutely all of yeah. me. And like I said, little like Mass Effect light and Telltale on steroids, it's... It's a really good mixture and a good blend. It's almost like a Telltale game evolving into what a, a proper game is probably the wrong yeah. term. But do you know what I mean? Into a, a yeah, more yeah, of yeah. A, a AAA space. So um, they've done a really good job of that. Highly, highly enjoyed. Well, that's going to be it, mate. I'll let you off. Everyone can log off for the day. It's been uh, good to have you on get you back on when Atkins is away again or when you've played something interesting. Elden Ring, not too far away. I suspect you're going to be one of the people taking the plunge for that. So that's what I'm sort of thinking in my head, sort of targeting like little Agcock Pac-Man for his Elden Ring impressions.
0: Yeah, I've got it pre-ordered, so happy to report as soon as I've... uh, Physical or digital? Made some headway. Uh, No, 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 mate. Never digital.
1: Did you get any special stuff know. of it? Any like I know they're doing this few editions.
0: I haven't got anything major. I can't remember if I've got any sort of special edition or not. I ordered it as soon as it um got released, um, for pre order. I can't I think maybe I've got something from game with some inserts and something. Nothing right home about, no no statues or anything.
1: Mid- midnight release. Midnight <laughs> release, yeah. Don't think game are doing that, but they've uh... They've packed all that in. Other than for, I mean, actually, yeah. the last game I did it for was Red Dead Redemption Two, so they do occasionally do it. They did it for hardware. Yeah, I hope yeah? they... obviously they didn't for yeah. the PlayStation or the Xbox this time because of COVID, but the Switch, I went and got that on midnight.
0: It's exciting. I love a midnight release. I do know. it more.
1: Do it more. Game. Get everyone up out of yeah. bed and keep them up. Pay them overtime. Eat Get into, into the, the high profits. street. That's it.
0: Dangerous city centre, midnight with your sort of expensive game and console and then go walk home. It's like an adventure anyway. Quick Start beer at the last right.
1: post if you've got time beforehand. Sort of sitting there and then straight back home. Anyway, no, yes. it's good, good to have you on as usual and uh, we'll get you back for some Elden Ring for sure because I think that's definitely the sort of wheelhouse you're going to be operating in once, uh, once that's released. Everyone else, thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We, uh, we appreciate you make it to the end. A lot of you do, but some of you don't, so those that do thumbs up to you if you want to support us you can head over to dimpdigital.com find out some details there or go straight to patreon.com forward slash dimpdigital. but nothing more for us to say here though other than thanks for your time and ta-da